0: word of God. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about this word. I've been really excited to teach this to you tonight. You know, sometimes, um, what is imparted on this stage can take for, uh, different formats, right? There can be teaching, and so teaching is kind of when your your mindset shifts and you gain more knowledge, and that's important because as a man thinketh, that the Bible says in Proverbs, as you think, you act the way you are, and so we need to change thinking, and then there's preaching. That Greek word is kerygma. It means to herald and declare, and so it's important that we learn to declare the Word of God, and it's important that our hearts and our emotions are engaged, not just our mind. And then the apostle Paul talks about impartation. There's some services that you may walk out and you got something. Like you didn't just get something good to write down, like you got something. The Holy Spirit imparted a spiritual gift to you. And, but, but I believe that all of those happen to varying degrees on, on different times that we present the word of God. But I want to teach. I really want to focus in on teaching, and I think this is just going to help you. It's in the area of relationships, and we all navigate relationships. And so uh, there's a lot of content. I encourage you, grab your phone, grab your app. So if you'll pull that out, those of you that are snowed in right now, iced in, we want to welcome you, grab your, your your hot chocolate, pull your blanket around you, Snowzilla 2022. Actually, those of you that are live, our youth at the coffee bar will also be selling four missions, milk and bread after the service. And so for for, for $50, you can walk out with a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread, but... Go ahead and pull up your app right there on your app. If you click, uh, uh, you go into the media tab and it may even be on your home screen there. But I encourage you, pull that up and engage with this content because this is really, I believe this is really going to help us all navigate the area of relationships. So let's read our theme scriptures or generational theme scriptures. Genesis 12. I want to I want to declare this over you. This I do want to impart to you. The Lord would say to you, "I will make you great. I will make you great. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt." All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. And in case you think, well, that's Old Testament, that's Old Covenant, that's just for the Jewish people. The apostle Paul writes us, writes to us in Galatians 3.29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Say it belongs to me. Every promise isn't that amazing. And so we're following this story of Abram and Abraham. So Abram part way through this story gets a name change from the Lord because name changes are important. It imparts a new identity for a new season. And so you'll hear me sometimes say Abraham just because that's a little bit easier to say. And you hear more Abraham than Abram. And so I'll read Abram, but sometimes I'll say Abraham and it's the same person just to relieve any confusion there. He receives this call and This promise of God. Now, Abram was already wealthy. He was already blessed. He was already prospering. But this was a moment in time where God was about to take this to the next level. And God begins to increase and bless not only Abraham, but also his nephew Lot. And their relationship. So we're talking about the relationship between Abraham and Lot. And it begins to enter into a new season. See, all of us have relationships and those relationships will go through different seasons. Think of that in terms of family, right? Or friends or coworkers. Maybe it's even relationships within the church or, or you go to school in different grades. For, for example, maybe you have a lifelong friend. And that lifelong friend, there's different seasons of that relationship, right? In college, you were roommates. Out of college, you were in each other's wedding. And then you lose touch for several years. But you get reconnected on on social media and then at a reunion. And and there's different phases of that relationship, right? Uh, when, When you get married... The, the boys that you hang out uh, hung out with when you were single, you don't see them as much. Or if you do, you will not stay married long, right? Those relationships enter into different seasons. Your girlfriends, you don't see them as much, ladies, after you get married. You have, you have a child. And suddenly you realize that one tiny human being controls everything about you. Do you want to go out? I want to. I've wanted to for the past six months. I can't. I'm tied to my child's feeding schedule. You have a middle schooler and you realize that the person that loved you no longer wants to be seen within a five mile radius of you. Mom, drop me off here and then just I'll walk the last mile to the mall, right? It's like adult children move to a different state. There's a relationship maybe within a ministry team or a tribe and they change. So so here's what happens. Listen, if you're fortunate, you will have two to three lifelong relationships through your life. Like th- these don't change. Now, they may enter into different seasons, but these are, these are your inner circle. But not every relationship is that kind of relationship. And hear your pastor today. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Most relationships are fluid, that doesn't mean that they're surface. It doesn't mean that they're not deep and meaningful. It just means that they change throughout your life. And if we're able to see this through the proper lens and the proper perspective, then when a relationship in our life goes through a change of season, here's what happens. Emotionally immature people go into freak out mode. And they think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the other person? Why did I allow them to get close I'm going to get hurt again. Are you following me? And hear me. Even people that have been serving Jesus for a lot of years can be emotionally immature. Just say, if you're going to say amen, just say that under your breath. And we'll just move on from that. But I want to teach you how to be emotionally healthy and mature navigating seasons of relationship in your life, it'll bless you and it'll bless the other person. And I believe it's a way that God wants to expand your territory and expand territory in the other person's life. All of this comes out of Genesis 13. Follow along there on your app with the notes. So Abram left Egypt and traveled into the north, into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. So from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward Bethel. And they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. Catch this. So Lot... The next generation was traveling with Abram and he also became very wealthy. Next generation, hear your pastor, be careful who you travel with, you'll become like them. That's why your parents aren't being mean when they say we want to meet your friends before you hang out with them. That's why your father young lady is not being mean when he introduces your soon to be boyfriend to his shotgun before the before the guy takes you out who you listen teenagers and this is true for all of us show show me your friends I'll show you your future And so if you, next generation, get around mentors who love God more than you. Get around mentors who are passionate. Get around people in your life that are where you want to be five years from now. And God will bless you because that's how God, there's generational transfer of blessing. But watch this. Now in verse 6, the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all of their Flocks and herds living so close together. Here's the change of perspective that I want you to get. Sometimes it's blessing and growth. Blessing and growth that cause people to outgrow occupying the same place in the same space. And so when there is a change in the status of the relationship, our inclination again can be, What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? But what if actually it's a time when God wants to increase your territory and increase the territory of the other person? So sometimes people are no longer in your life in the same capacity, not because there's anything wrong with you, but because of what's right in them. And when we hold too tightly, not to the relationship. So you got to differentiate these. There's the relationship and then there's the status of the season of relationship. Do you see those? And so we can hold tightly to the relationship, but hold loosely to the status and the season. So let, let, me, let me just um, explain this. One of uh, the closest friends of mine in ministry in the last 27 years preached in this pulpit. I believe it was three Sundays ago. Joe Phillips. So Joe and I have known each other for 27 years and our relationship during those 27 years has taken on very, very different forms. So I met Joe when I was a college kid and he was a speaker at, uh, he was an evangelist at a summer camp. Now, you just got to know everything's right at summer camp, right? There's no problems at Southern, su- summer camp. It's basketball and eating and, and altar services. Like, in, like, everything's Jesus. And so, summer camp, it's like, it's like the honeymoon, right, of the relationship. Everything is great at summer camp. And so, I knew my first introduction to, to Pastor Joe was, this guy's hilarious, He's a really good basketball player. I like hanging out with him. And boy, can he preach and walk through. And we saw amazing things in this altar services. So so college kid to youth pastor. So I wrote him a letter and said, Pastor Joe, I would love to learn from you more. I'd like to. I'd like to be the lot to your Abraham. Impart to me. Can I? Can I? Im- I didn't use those words right. But but just this idea of mentor me. I'd loved. And so uh, he accepted that invitation, and, or ex- in, extended rather, an invitation to me. And I became an intern. So there was still basketball, and there was still altar services, and there was still. You know what else? There was. There was responsibility. So now Pastor Joe just wasn't just somebody fun to hang out with. He was my boss. Can you move from friend to respecting someone as an authority figure? Do you see that? Now whole same relationship, different season of the relationship. And then after a couple years after that, and so Pastor Joe and I got very close and, and uh, had surgery and Cecilia took me into the house and kind of was a, my, my mom at the, at the time was, you know, 500 miles away. And so she poured into me and nursed me back to health and just, we would, I would help watch their kids and so got very close and then he moved to Atlanta and he was a youth pastor and then a district youth pa- uh, director down there and I was a youth pastor and so we became colleagues. Right for and we didn't see each other a lot. So so this was before you, you got to text text each other. My kids were asking me the other day, um, Dad, how did you like? How did you coordinate hanging out in college? And I really couldn't remember. Like before phones, before you just hey you want to hang out or before social media. And I'm like, I have no idea. What did we do? Did you, like, I guess when you were in college, you knocked, yeah, I guess you called, but like, you get an answering machine. And then a day later, they'd call you back. Like, what if you wanted to hang out anyway? Different, different era, right? But, but Joe and I's relationship during that season, we were colleagues and, and he would have me in as a guest speaker and I would have him in as a guest speaker. And then when I became district youth director and he stepped into a role of an evangelist, I had him in more as a guest, guest speaker. And so he wasn't my boss At that time, it was a guest speaker and district youth director colleague relationship, and then fast forward again, uh, Pastor Joe moves back here, and he's, a, he's an evangelist, and, and now we're colleagues again, and then five years ago, I stepped into the role as the, the senior pastor of this church, and, and Pastor Joe is an evangelist at the, uh, out of our, our church, but he also attends here, and so the former intern is now kind of his pastor, and that's just weird to say out loud, right? But, but, here, but watch this. Because of the relationship, and not just anybody can have a former intern be their pastor. But he was able to, we were able to navigate that, and just with such humility and grace. And I started to think about that. What if what if Joe and I, who are wonderful friends, we love to hang out and, and have coffee together and laugh... But what if Joe and I for the past 27 years just said, "Man, we want to be college kid and an evangelist together because that was a fun summer." What would have happened? We would have both forfeited God expanding territory in our lives because we idolized the status of the relationship. I wonder how many times in our life do we forfeit the expansion of God. Was anything wrong with Abraham? No. Was anything wrong with Lot? No. It was just a season. It was a season of expansion. And so if we're holding on so tightly to the status of relationship, We can idolize that over the expansion and the growth that God wants to do in our lives. Verse 7, so disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. Hear this, sometimes conflict can be an indicator that people are simply outgrowing their current situation. Remember uh, Pastor Rick, who, who was, some of you were here when Pastor Rick was here, who was the, the former pastor and was a spiritual father in many ways to, to me. He always taught this, always taught this. He says, we love the verse. We love the verse. Iron, sh- iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron. And then he would say, what happens when iron sharpens iron? Sparks fly, right? That is not you Think you take two pieces of iron. Yes, are you getting sharper, but is there conflict? conflict will arise in every relationship if there is no conflict in your life you are hearing me from the Hebrews 11 cloud of witnesses in almighty heaven like that's that's your status right All of us on this earth experience relational conflict. So the question is not or never should be how do I avoid conflict. The question for the emotionally mature believer is how do I navigate conflict. Conflict is always an opportunity for growth. Always. When there is conflict, can I give you the first question to ask? First question is how can I grow? Because that's what we do, right? We never say, we never say, How can the other person change? We never say, how can I get my point across? How can I be right? But like if we ask the first question, how can I grow? You'll never, you'll never, don't waste a conflict. They're coming. You just got out of one, you're in one, or you're getting ready to go in one. That's what I know about conflict. So we might, hey, might as well grow, right? We might, we might as well grow. Conflict is coming. We're in conflict. We might as well grow. Let me give you a couple of other key questions to ask. Ask, God, how might you be expanding my territory? Or ask the question, God, how might you be expanding the other person's territory? And so if you view this as an Abraham and Lot conflict, not as fighting over the same territory, but God, how are you expanding both of our territory? It's a different mindset that leads to different words, that leads to a different heart posture. Verse 8, finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between our Herdsmen. Everybody say herdsmen. After all, we are kinsmen. Everybody say kinsmen. kinsmen. See, y'all didn't know Abram was a good old southern boy. He, he, and, he and Sam Hunt both want to introduce you to their kinfolk. That is, that is like kin, kinsmen. Kin, kinfolk. That's a good southern word. Abram, Abram realized that they were kinsmen before they were herdsmen. Too many believers treat each other like herdsmen. In other words, you're in the way of what I want. Instead of treating each other like kinsmen, you are my brother or sister in Christ. Hear me, the world is watching how we treat each other. Are we gonna treat each other like we're herdsmen? Like we just have to put each up with each other so we can all make it to heaven? Or are we truly kinsmen who are in this together? We are brothers And sisters in Christ, if you believe that, can you say amen? Amen. Verse 9, the whole countryside is open to you. Do you see the change in perspective when I view you not as a herdsman who's in the way of, of my blessing and my promise? When I begin to view you as a kinsman who is a brother and sister in Christ, then immediately my perspective changes and we're not fighting over the same territory. I begin to look out and say there is enough blessing to go around for all of us. Herdsmen fight over territory. Kinsmen realize that the promises of God are bigger than all of us. And there's more than enough blessing to go around. Come on, somebody receive that in the house today. And say, God, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. If churches in, in a community are fighting. I guarantee that they have lost the vision of the lost. And they're fighting over the same saved people. If Christians are fighting, it can be a sign that they have forgotten their mission of reaching the lost. Many churches spend their ecclesiastical lifetime fighting over the same territory instead of asking God, how can you expand our territory? Many churches never move beyond trading the same saved people instead of truly reaching the lost. Y'all know we're we're growing around here in Cabarrus County and, and Mecklenburg and, and y- y'all know that there were, there, there were 13 apartment complexes that got built just today in your neighborhood. <laughs> you try, like, you're looking all over the place like, wait, that was just woods. Now it's a, now it's a warehouse of, of you know, 2 million square feet, all this stuff. Listen to some of these statistics. In 2010 in Cabarrus County, there there were 178,000 people. According to the 2020 census, 226,000. 27% 27% growth, the highest in the entire Charlotte region, the, her, the third highest in the state. Here's my theory. If God is expanding the territory of Cabarrus County, it's strategic. And we as a church have to be ready and have to be thinking, how can we reach those people? How can we reach them? God is blessing and God is growing and God is expanding. But here's the truth. We didn't grow 27% in the last decade. If we didn't grow 27%, then we're not even keeping pace with the amount of people that God is bringing us. And we have to be willing to do whatever it takes to reach the lost. God, you're obviously expanding our territory. And so God, we say right now that we do not want to have a herdsman mentality. We want to have a kinsman mentality with the other 600 churches in this county. And we link arms in the name of Jesus with Elevation and Refuge and First Baptist and Foursquare and every church in this county because there is more than enough blessing to go around. God, we say that we will take our eyes as believers off of our differences and put them onto the lost, and we will go for the lost like never before. That's what we want to do. Take your choice. The, the story goes on to say, take your choice of any section of land you want. This is Abraham talking to Lot. Lot, go ahead. Go, go ahead. You choose first. And we'll separate. Hey, Lot, if you want the land of the left, then I'll take the land of the right. If you prefer the land of the right, then I'll go left. I got to be honest. That's not what I'm telling My nephew. I got four of them. They're the best nephews in the world. I love, them. I love them like crazy. I'm like, I went before you. I've earned this. I'm gonna choose first and y'all are gonna get the leftovers. That's what, that's what I'm telling them. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me that, that Abraham realized the power of, of open-handed leadership. Everybody just, Just take their hands and do this. Hold hold them out in front of you like this. Is it not impossible to hold your hands like that and not experience a little bit of a different heart posture? It feels a little bit vulnerable, doesn't it? But it's it's open. At At our board meetings and with our executive team, we end almost every meeting praying palms up. God, we're not owners, we're stewards. We steward everything for the glory of God. And if we mean that, that doesn't just mean things, it means relationships. And that means God brings relationships into our our family for a season. And then he wants to expand and we bless and release you can put your hands down. If you take the posture of releasing, this is what open-handed leaders do, open-handed Christians and emotionally mature Christians. If you take the posture of releasing blessing and generosity, you will place yourself in the blessing of God. Too many people don't do open-handed leadership, they do closed-handed leadership. Closed-handed leadership is a posture of selfishness. But you know what closed-handed leadership really is? It's a posture of lack of faith. God, I value the thing that you gave me more than I believe that you can do it again. Or, or, or what about this? What about not just closed-handed leadership? What about backhanded leadership? So I'm going to talk about the other person behind there. Back to make myself feel right. Open hands, right? Posture of open hands. God, not what you can get to me. God, what can you move through me? What can you move through me? Verse 10, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole valley of the Jordan Valley to the east of them. And he went there with his flocks and servants. And he parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan. And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom. And settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked. And constantly sinned against the Lord. This This is a tough one. Parents, this is a tough one. Sometimes we have to watch people we love. Make their own decisions and learn from their own mistakes. Everybody say this out loud. Say, this is hard. We're all gonna use Lot's name here, right, to keep it. Say, I will let Lot go. Say, I will let Lot make his own decisions. Say, I will let Lot learn from his mistakes. Now, that's not for your five-year-old. They have no rights on the planet. <laughs> but as they grow, as parents, we need to do, right? Start allowing them to make their own decisions, even though we know that that's the wrong decision. And then you got to see Abraham rescued. But where was A- when did Abraham rescue? On the other side. Oh, this is a tough one, and uh, I'm going to move on from that one. But that's a a tough one. After Lot had, had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see. Abram's promise just multiplied exponentially. When? When? Verse 14, after Lot had gone. Sometimes, so, so I'm, I'm tweaking this a little bit because um, Abram and Lot had a wonderful relationship and a good relationship. It was just time God was expanding both of them. But allow me just to tweak this a little bit. to I think you'll understand to make a point. Because sometimes Lot doesn't, so, sometimes it's not Lot. Sometimes it's a, Lot is a great relationship. Um, but sometimes it's a relationship that God needs to remove from your life because it's not good for you. So watch this, sometimes God needs to remove people from your life in order for him to release the next step of the promise. So can, can you let me just teach a little bit? Can you let me encourage somebody that has just walked through a bad breakup or, or you've had a friend that wasn't good for you and, and now the Lord has, has brought that friend out of your life? Where God told Abraham to look is important. Don't look at Lot. Don't look at Lot. Change your gaze. Change your gaze. Stop look at what you're losing and look at what you're gaining. Let me just be real practical. If you broke up, stop following his account on Instagram. (laughs) Change, Change your gaze. Change your gaze sometimes we begin to forfeit the promises and blessing of God in our life because we're always looking at what we lost instead of what God is blessing you with. If God moved somebody on for whatever reason, change your gaze. Change your gaze. Change your gaze because watch what's going to happen. Then God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give all of this to you and your descendants as a permit possession and I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth they cannot be counted do you see again the tie in to the generations Abram and Isaac and Jacob and it's always about the generations and then in verse 17 go and walk through the land in every direction for I am giving it to you this 21 days of prayer has been absolutely amazing. I, I couldn't believe it the first day. Like we had a, over 100 people there. And then on Tuesday, I got there uh, 20 minutes early. And I pulled in and there's like the parking lot is 20, min, 20 minutes early. This is like 540 in, in the morning. And there's already a good number of cars in the parking lot. And my, my great faith, I was like, what's wrong? Did something like this? Did something happen? Like, what's going on here? Is there an overnight trip and people just parked here? And like, I'm telling you, even and, and so and so these 21 days of prayer. Many of you have been there. Many more are, are, are joining online. I want to encourage you, uh, if at all possible, if at all possible. So uh, Sunday and, and Monday, we're going to go online, and then we're going to do everything that we can to get back at it live on Tuesday. But here's what I want to encourage you: Don't miss Wednesday. Say, don't miss Wednesday. Don't miss Wednesday. Don't, I'm going I'm we're we're to reveal some possible uh, next steps, some possible secrets. But, but here's the thing. Um, probably 40, 40 years ago, I'll tell this whole story at some point because it's so cool. Let me just give you bullet points. Our founding father, Pastor Tom, do you know the first land? So Mr. Cannon, Kannapolis, um the hospital here in town used to be Cannon, cannon Memorial Hospital, Cannon School, all of the stuff around here that's Cannon. That was uh, Charles Cannon, kind of one of the founding fathers of this, of this area. He owned Cannon Mills. Um, so Mr., Mr. Cannon told uh, Pastor Tom, our founding father, our founding pastor, hey, I'm going to give you some property for you to build a church. And do you know where, which property that Pastor Tom asked for was actually not this? It was actually the village across the street. And Mr. Cannon said, no, I can't do that. That's slated for a shopping center, um, but, you can, but you can have this property. So amazing move of God for all these years and the ministries and everything that happened here. And then in 2000. And then in 2000, so probably 20 some years later, wouldn't you know that God allows us to purchase? See, some promises in your life, God deposits a dream, but it may not be until 20 years later. May not be till. Here's a question Will God find you faithful? When he's ready to deposit the promise that he gave you? Or will you have given up? So 20-some years later, God says, here's, here's the land. I'm increasing, I'm increasing your territory. Then God brings Pastor Rick and, and Pastor Rick and Pastor Bill are the two that spearheaded this whole, and, and we, we I forget the order, but it was, I think, the kids space over there and then the youth area and then the offices and then the prayer place and, and, and then the dream center and some rooms for Southeastern and, and I'm missing things, but we began, to, we began to cross over. We began to cross over the Jordan. Follow me here. And we began to occupy that territory, but there is territory over at the village That's not yet been fully occupied. And I believe here's what we're gonna do on Wednesday at prayer we're gonna do verse 17. We're gonna go and walk through the land in every direction, not outside because it's gonna be really cold, but inside. We're going to go and walk the land in every direction. We're going to arm ourselves with anointing oil and communion elements. And there's going to be, and, and we're going to have uh, sheet, note sheets. And God's going to deposit prophetic words in, in some of you. And you're going to get scriptures and we're going to write those down. And we're just going to pray together as a community and as a body. God, you gave us this land but there's some land that's not being fully used and fully occupied for the kingdom of God. God, what might you be doing here for the incredible growth that you're bringing to Cabarrus County. God, how can we reach all of these families that you're bringing to us? Let me close with this story and I'll pray for you. I was, uh, I was embarrassed on Monday. I gave in y'all. I gave in. I was, I was rocking my iPhone seven so strong. I was so proud of it. It became it became a sore. It, it was like a thorn in my flesh, but it was like I'm not changing. I said this out loud. I'm not changing till they come out with the 14 cuz then it's like half and I'm like I'm still like I still got Steve Pastor Steve told me the scripture that your shame has become your glory and and I, you know I'm like rocking. I'm like my kids are on me, dad, what are you doing? But on on Monday Camden's screen locked up. She, she went big, y'all, a couple years ago. She went with the 8. And, uh, but the 8 Plus, the 8 Plus. But her screen locked up and she could only access like the bottom third of the screen. Well, that's not super convenient. And then I was going through some things, like it, it would say, I would try to download um, the update to the app. And I, there were tickets on it, and I needed to access my tickets to get into the place where I was going. But I couldn't update because my iOS software on this was not updated. And so I couldn't even, like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't update. And then it would tell me things like, your storage, your storage is full. Um, and, uh, and so I, I finally caved. And I went to, went to the, the cell phone place, and I, and I got my thirteen. No, don't cheer, don't clap. I'm (laughs) still a little mad, still a little mad about it. (laughs) But I did think of this. There were upgrades and downloads that were available that would have been so much better for me. But I was holding on to an old container that wasn't able to hold the upgrade, that wasn't able to hold the download. I wonder sometimes as followers of Jesus, if we hold on to the container more than we desire the download. God's wanting to bless us and he's saying, I want to upgrade you. Look, 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 look up, change your gaze, change your gaze, don't look at what you're losing look at what you're gaining I'm expanding your territory look to the north and south and east and the west and, and walk it walk it walk it i wonder i wonder let's let's switch it from the church to you what's the lord trying to expand in your life what's he trying to expand in your family what's he trying to expand in your business what's he trying to expand in your education what's he trying to expand in your marriage what's he trying to expand in your relationship with your kids what's he trying to expand as a single adult what's he trying to expand as a single mom as a single dad what's he trying to expand in your life because the lord's promises to abraham are are your promises and God says I will bless you and I will expand in you can we just take a moment with heads bowed and eyes closed and would you just say something like this to the Lord God I don't ever want to hold on to an old container I don't want to hold on to old mindsets I don't want to hold on to old habits I don't want to hold on to old ways of thinking I don't want to hold on God if you're moving me if you're moving me from Hebron or from Ur into into the Canaan into this new territory God maybe you just even even pray palms up again and say God I'm open-handed God help me to be open-handed with everything in my life with my finances and my kids and my resources and my cars and my houses and everything in my life every relationship Lord I don't own anything I want to be a steward God download something would you just ask him to download something God, download something new. I need a new download. Can we stand all across this place? Can we just lift our hands and say, God, I want a new download. God, I want a new anointing. God, not want a fresh mantle. God, expand my territory. God, for the generations of my family, I'm wide open to you. Oh God, whatever you want to do, God, expand. God, for everybody that's watching online, as the snow or ice comes down, expand their territory in Jesus' name. We give it all to you, oh God. Oh, church, I just sense that this is a holy moment. This is a beautiful moment. The promises of the fathers be imparted to you in the name of Jesus. The promises of Pastor Tom be imparted to you in the name of Jesus. The promises of Pastor Rick be imparted to you in the name of Jesus. Of Miss Betty, of Pastor Susan, be imparted to you in the name of Jesus. Our Abraham and our Isaac. The promises of the generations be imparted to you in the name of Jesus. The heritage of this church. The 63 years of prayers and the people that are in the Hebrews 11. Cloud of witnesses that are in heaven heaven right now and they're with jesus and they're all interceding for you be imparted to you inheritance be imparted to you right now destiny oh god of jacob destiny may we not be like isaac and forfeit our birthright There's somebody in the house today or somebody watching online and you feel so guilty because you feel like you were, when you were a teenager, you sold your birthright and you made decisions and you forfeited the best in your destiny and you feel like you are destined to live in the second best of God. God says to you, I am the restorer of your birthright. He's restoring your birthright right now, right now. You are not only forgiven, your inheritance is restored to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God, would you use us? Would you use us to reach the lost? Would you change our gaze? The Lord's changing somebody's gaze right now. He's showing you a picture. He's showing somebody the picture of a horizon. <laughs> the Lord told me to tell you the sun over the horizon, that's not a sunset, it's rising. <laughs> the promises of God are not setting in your life, they're rising. His mercies are new every morning. Your horizon is beautiful your horizon is bright the sun in the bible that sometimes represents the favor of god god says to you he's restoring favor on your life and he's going to show you that in a very tangible way in the next two weeks you're going to have a situation where the favor of god opens doors for you that you never he's going to bring you into rooms that you don't deserve to be in the lord is restoring that in the name of jesus He's expanding territory. Hey, the, Lord just, the Lord just said Lot to, a, to a parent. That your heart is breaking. Because you're watching Lot live in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord says to you. That Lot will not be destroyed. And Lot's coming home. Huh. Hallelujah. bring Lot home God sons and daughters of the house sons and daughters of multiply we call you home in the name of Jesus (laughs) sons and daughters of the house We declare over you that you may be living in Sodom. But Sodom isn't your home. It's not your birthright. It's not your destiny. In the name of Jesus, though Sodom be destroyed, you will not be destroyed. Your land is in the land of the house of the Lord. And you will return and your family will return with you. The grandchildren are coming back too. Somebody's getting ready to celebrate a 25th wedding anniversary and the Lord says to you that he has not forgotten the promise that he made to you 25 years ago. The promise, the the marriage was a blessing from the Lord and it was super important, but there was a promise that you felt like he dropped in your heart when you got married and, and it's kind of like you almost forgot about it, and the Lord's going to bring it. Uh, the Lord says he's going to bring something full circle, something that you forgot about. He's going to bring it full circle, and it'll be, it'll be a surprise, like a birthday, like a surprise birthday party almost. You're like, oh my, oh my goodness, I, I, I didn't even remember that. And the Lord's bringing that promise full circle into your life. somebody that hasn't been able to have children, the Lord Lord says to you that he will watch how he multiplies your spiritual descendants. You will become a father or mother to the generations and I see you being an Abraham and a Sarah to Lot's. And, he, and he's gonna put you as a mentor and you are going to see spiritual children. You're gonna begin to birth spiritual children. And I, and I don't know about, maybe the Lord will give you, give you the, the other desire as well, but I don't wanna say something that the Lord's not saying, but just, but just the, Lord says, the Lord says during this next season, just pour into the next generation. Just, pour, just bless the next generation. Love on the next generation. somebody that this is your this is your second marriage and the the lord says to you but this is, but it's my first it's my it's my first he is forgiven he's restored the past is gone and just watch now, watch now how the lord opens new doors in this in this second marriage the lord's blessing is upon it the Lord's covenant blessing is upon you. La- last one. I feel like when somebody closed their eyes, it's a little bit different, but um, you saw a picture of a, like It was weird because you're like, what, what's that all about? But, but you kind of saw a picture of a fire engine and the Lord says to you that you are a rescuer of those in the fire. The Bible says that some some people, I believe it's in the book of James, some we win by love and some like that you go in and you just snatch out of the fire. And the Lord has given you a rescue anointing. It's probably a prophetic uh, gifting would be in in, in your top two apes giftings, Ephesians 4 apes giftings. But the Lord has made you um, like a rescue and you're just going to begin to go into situations where people are in dire need and like just yank them out of that. I saw like people in drug use, people with eating disorders, um, people that are on the verge of maybe thinking if this life is worth living, you're going you're gonna to just have an anointing to go in and rescue and like snatch people out of the fire. Pull people out of the fire. Would you just lift your hands one more time to the Lord? God, would you use us? Expand our territory, Lord, so that we can be a blessing to others. That's the promise. It's not famous so we can have a blue check mark by the by our Instagram account. It's famous so we can be ambassadors for the king. It's not greatness so we can build our own kingdom or some tower of Babel to heaven. It's blessing so that we can pass it on to others. Palms up. Palms up. Palms up. Bless. We we, get, we we give. We give in Jesus' name. If there's anybody, last prayer, if there's anybody in the house that you would say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never said yes to Jesus. I'm far away, or Pastor, I did, but, but I'm away from him. I, I, I pitched my tent too close to Sodom and I need to get back in the promised land. If that's you, if you're away from the Lord, would you pray a prayer that says something like this? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I wanna come home. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he rose again and I receive him into my heart, receive him into my life. Help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate with those who gave their hearts to love?